I'm Wendy Brockman, and welcome to Denver Decides. This community partnership is dedicated to accessible and transparent elections. The partnership includes the League of Women Voters of Denver, Interneighborhood Cooperation, and is presented by Denver 8 TV. Our mission today is to present a candidate forum in anticipation of the general election coming up on Tuesday, November 6th. Among other offices, this election includes the candidates vying to represent constituents in Colorado's State House from District Number 5. House District 5 is located in the central core of the city of Denver. Our format includes timed opening and closing statements from each of the candidates. That will be followed by rounds of questions that have been submitted by the organizers of the forum. Since we do have a time limit, we may not be able to get to all of the submitted questions. All of the candidates will answer all questions and all of their responses will be timed. And our timers are out in front where the candidates can see them. So let's begin by meeting the candidates vying to represent Colorado State House District 5 as your next representative. Now, in addition to the candidates here tonight, there is one other candidate whose name will be on the ballot. Libertarian candidate Roy Lumberton was invited to this forum but did not respond. The candidates who are here are standing left to right, facing the audience in the order that their names will appear on the November ballot. So beginning at my right is Alex Valdez. Welcome. And on my left is Kate Whitney. Let's welcome the candidates to our forum, everyone. All right, one more note to the candidates. On behalf of the forum organizers, the audience here tonight, and our viewers at home, we sincerely urge you to be honest, direct, and forthright so that our voters can distinguish one candidate from the other. All right? We will begin with one-minute opening statements from each candidate. We will proceed in ballot order with these statements. So once again, starting at my right, Alex Valdez will begin with your opening statement. You have one minute. Thank you. And uh, thank you to the League of Women Voters and Denver Channel 8 for having our forum this evening. My name is Alex Valdez. I'm running for House District 5. My story begins a long time ago right here in Denver where I was born and raised. But it really starts my journey here started in 2008 when, like so many people in our community, I was affected by the recession. It was then that I learned that I had to start over. And I decided that if I was going to start over, I was going to do something that I could really believe in. But like all good things, they don't happen alone. I started what has become Colorado's largest residential solar company by working together with a great team of people. I intend to bring that same spirit to the State House and continue to fight to keep House District 5 Colorado's most progressive seat where we can introduce and pass bold progressive legislation. All right, thank you. An opening state now from Ms. Whitney. Thank you, Wendy. Good evening. I'm Kate Whitney. I'm running in this year's midterm election to represent House District 5 in Colorado's state capitol because I believe that we need leaders who will get things done, leaders who will build upon shared values and produce common sense solutions. There's so much that unites us. We need representatives that will represent all of us, representatives that will bring us together. As a third generation Denverite, I recognize the recent growth in our community and I'm concerned about how it has impacted so many areas of our life. We feel it most in our strained healthcare, education, and infrastructure systems. My roots run deep here, and I love this town. It is here that I have struggled, and it is here that I thrive. As a proud graduate of Colorado's public school systems and a practicing lawyer, I know that education creates opportunities. 
and education is what I will focus on when I am elected to represent you in Colorado's state capitol. I appreciate your support and I ask for your vote on November 6th. Thank you. Now our first question for the candidates and each candidate will have one minute to answer. We will start in reverse order from the opening statement. So we're gonna be begin with Kate Whitney. Are you ready? Yes. What are the two biggest issues facing your district and how do you plan to deal with them? In one minute or less? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so I'd say the two biggest issues facing my district are um, transportation and education right now. Um, and I'll face them by working across the aisle for common sense solutions so we can actually produce some, some practical solutions to get things done. So starting with transportation, there are some things that we can do to actually get our highways moving and, and do that quickly. Education, we've got to get dollars into the classrooms where um, our teachers can start using them and children can start using them. And that means more take home, you know, more dollars for our teachers and take home pay um, and more dollars in the classrooms for kids to use them. So um, I'd say those those are the two issues that are based that are the biggest issues right now for House District five. Let's turn to Alex Valdez for his answer to that question. Well, thank you. Um, I agree on some of those points, and I, I would also say that affordable housing is a critical issue to the district. Right now, too many families within House District 5 are struggling to stay in their homes. Longtime families that have been here for 40, 50 years, and as Denver changes and prices go up, they're being forced out, and that's changing our community. Um, so I think we need to do whatever we can to find innovative ways to make affordable housing a reality. And that doesn't mean just building more housing. It means finding new ways to get people around on our light rail system, which we've done well and to build. Um, we need to find other ways to lower people's household costs so their rent is more affordable. And second, I would say health care. Uh, health care is inaccessible and unaffordable to many families within our district. It's high deductibles. It's high uh, baseline costs. But I think at the end of the day, we need to be focusing on how we're going to keep our citizens healthy so they can thrive within our community. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's, I think, the most important issues facing our district today. All right, now we're going to go to our next question for the candidates, and we will begin with Mr. Valdez this time. Tabor has had a big impact on the state and remains controversial. How should Tabor be dealt with? Tabor should be dealt away with. Um, it is perhaps the most harmful piece of legislation ever passed in the United States. When we talk about Tabor, we're talking about the education funding gap, the reason that our teachers are underpaid, the reason that our school facilities are behind, the reason we drive through more potholes than you would in the Alaskan wilderness. I think that uh, we need to do whatever we can to bring all of the stakeholders to the table so that they can go to work on repealing this horrible piece of legislation and getting our state back on track, getting our state back to the front of the pack uh, in terms of teacher pay, in terms of educational performance, in terms of transportation, uh, and also healthcare. So, um, you know, I believe at this point in time that the stakeholders are ready to come to the table and they're ready to make changes because we all benefit when our state spends on the things that we all use. Ms. Whitney, your opportunity to answer the question on Tabor. So for those who don't know, TABOR stands for the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. And that, that's a, that was passed by the taxpayers. And I say that's the taxpayers' money. So um, respectfully, Mr. Valdez, I don't think the taxpayers would have passed that if the taxpayers didn't want to vote on if they were going. <laughs> the taxpayers want to 
have a voice on if they are go if their taxes are going to be increased to be to unilaterally for the government to unilaterally increase their taxes without giving them a right to vote on it to me that's that's very concerning. I don't know how you deal with things in your household, but in my household, I don't just get to increase my, my budget when my appetite increases. So uh, I think the way that we deal with Tabor is um, by respecting the rights of taxpayers. It is the taxpayers' money. So we, we get a budget and we deal with it how we can. So we respect the rights of taxpayers. That's, I, I think, how right. we handle it. Now we shall move on to the next question. And we will begin with Miss Whitney this time. By many measures, marijuana has been a success. Do you think it is working well? And what tweaks might the state still need to make? Ms. Was Whitney. that pun intended or not? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think that there's a lot that we can do to improve the way that um, the, the Marijuana Enforcement Division is running from uh, from a business perspective, and I apologize to the audience at home for not looking at you. Um, so I think that um, the community benefits when businesses can operate well, and from what I'm hearing from business owners, the regulations that were were passed and are in place um, are not, um, there's a lot that can be done to streamline that, that process. So. I think that even working within the framework that we have, um, we can do a lot to, to streamline it. All right, Mr. Valdez. Well, um, first and foremost, I think it's important to remember that Colorado was first to pass the legalization of marijuana, and there's been quite a steep learning curve as far as how we're going to make this the industry of the future that can help us to solve our state's fiscal issues. When we look at uh, what we can do, I believe firmly that we need to be the leaders on this industry. We need to be the um, the financial capital of this industry and currently a lot of our laws prohibit our marijuana industry, our cannabis industry, from being able to participate in the markets like normal businesses. That's hurting our ability to grow what is an emerging business and coming from the solar industry which is also an emerging business we really need to focus on doing whatever we can as a legislature to enable the businesses of the future as we see automation and technology uh, eliminating jobs statewide. So I think that um, we have a lot of work to do, but we have been learning the lessons as we go along. So uh, I intend to continue to support the industry and grow it. All right, thank you. Let's continue with questions for our candidates vying for the State House of Representatives seat District 5. Alex, you're going to answer first on this next one. What could the state do to handle some of the mentally ill who repeatedly end up in jail or homeless instead of getting behavioral or mental health assistance? So this issue is uh, is extremely important here in House District 5. We, like you said, we encompass most of the urban area of Denver where a lot of the homeless population resides. It has always been my belief that in order to solve the problems, we're going to have to attack from uh, the top down. So when we talk about uh, certain bills that uh, allow for the accommodation of the homeless, it doesn't really solve the problem. What we need to work on is creating funding sources and finding ways to earmark funding that already exists within our general budget to um, invest in the support services, the bridge services, the services that allow people to get a ride to work and allow them a work coach. Uh, these are things that have been significantly cut uh, since the recession. It's something we need to restore. We're never going to solve the problem by just dealing with what it looks like. We have to solve the problem at its core, which is a lack of social services funding. And we're in a Tabor environment, we're going to have to find a way to do that by taking um, 
money that we're already spending in other areas of being more efficient. Ms. Whitney? I agree with Alex on two points there. The first one is that this is a, a huge problem in House District 5. Uh, in House District 5, being in the urban core, this is very uh, central to our district. And the second is that the way that we deal with this issue is in large part by cutting inefficiencies in our budget already. Um, so we have a lot of folks that wrestle with mental illness and they don't have access to services. They don't have um, the... The, the they, they don't have the ability to um, access items that they need or the health care. And um, some of those folks, if provided a, a little bit of a, a boost, may be able to do a lot more for themselves. So um, I think that we need to put our put our heads together and work with the community, work with mental health professionals and, and do better by the folks who are marginalized. All right. Next question from our sponsoring partners, and we're going to begin with Ms. Whitney this time. Who are the major contributors to your election campaign? By voters, Wendy. Mr. Valdez. Yeah, so uh, I've had a lot of community participation in my campaign, both in terms of funding and in volunteer efforts. We knocked over 10,000 doors and we raised um, a good amount of money. I don't like money in politics. I think that that goes for everybody who, who's done this. But um, I think it's important that you have community support. So having the support of people within House District 5 as a, a good percentage of the money that I've raised, I think that's critically important. Um, but in general, I think I'd like to see there be some changes in how we do campaign finance because I think candidates spend far too much time going out and begging for money when they should be going out and talking to the constituents of the district about what we can do together. And uh, so, yeah. The next question, we're going to begin with you, Mr. Valdez. Gentrification and home affordability has become a major issue in our city. What can be done at the state to help? Yeah, so there's a lot of different ideas that have been kind of floated on what we can do on the state level to enable uh, local jurisdictions to do better um, programs for uh, rent controls is, has been floated. Um, I'd have to look more into that. But um, I think what we need to do is we need to enable entry-level housing to be built again. And when we uh, passed the builder's defects laws in this state, what we saw was a curtailment of the building of entry-level housing. Now, this district is very young, and a lot of people right now are looking at never owning a home, and that is the key to um, climbing kind of the ladder uh, into the middle class of this country. So we need to ensure that that inventory is there and that we're doing whatever we can to support CHAFA, the Colorado Housing Finance Authority, for first-time buyers. And we need to ensure that our state is a place where um, capital wants to go to help put people into long-term rooted living solutions so we can build a better community. Ms. Whitney? I'm sorry, would you mind repeating the question? Sure. Gentrification and home affordability has become a major issue in our city. What can be done at the state? To help. Gentrification. Yeah, I, and I, I understand the question. Okay. Respectfully, I don't know that that's the, the government's business. I, th I think that the I think the free market can take care of that. Okay. All right. Now we are going to uh, our lightning round, I believe. Is this what we're, okay. oh, round seven, okay. 
It's called a lightning round, and our candidates will be asked to answer questions that I read with a simple yes, no, or pass. Okay, and it's going to go quickly, so you have to listen closely. You, you can't go beyond yes, no, or pass. No expanding, okay? Um, the first few questions will be about some issues that are on the November ballot, and we will go in left to right order as the candidates face the audience. So Alex and then Kate. Okay, are we ready? Do you plan to vote for the Denver ballot issue to increase the city sales tax to provide funding for parks? Yes. Yes. Do you plan to vote for the state ballot issue to increase setback requirements from homes for new oil and gas developments? Absolutely. Absolutely not. Uh, no, no. The answer was no. Yes, no, or pass. No. No. All about rules. No. Do you plan to vote for the state ballot issue to increase taxes for funding of public schools? Yes. <laughs> pass. Pass. Do you plan to vote for state amendments Y and Z regarding the legislative and congressional de de redistricting process? No. Haven't read them. Okay. Pass. Pass. <laughs> Do you plan to vote for the Denver ballot issue to increase? Oh, we just did this one, the city sales tax for parks. Okay, good that. job, guys. All right, so now we're going to switch gears and ask some more general questions. Maybe lighten it up a little bit, perhaps. Uh, again, yes, no, or pass, and we're going to start uh, with Miss Whitney this time. Should Mile High Stadium be moved or rebuilt elsewhere to make way for more housing development? I so want to respect your rules, Wendy, but isn't that a privately owned stadium that sits on private property? Okay, now to Mr. Valdez. Should Mile High Stadium be moved or rebuilt elsewhere to make way for more housing development? Yes or no, or pass? No. Okay. Should state legislators work at the Capitol longer than five or six months? At the Capitol, specifically. I would hope not. <laughs> no, if they can get the job done, no. That's a no. Should state legislators work at the Capitol longer than five or six months? Yes. Yes. Do you or any family member own a licensed firearm? Yes, ma'am. Yes, family members. Yep. Amendment 64, legalizing the sale of marijuana in Colorado, passed nearly six years ago. Before the law passed or after, have you sampled what the industry has to offer? No. Ever? Ever. Before the law passed or after? Yes. Okay. Do you get your news from a traditional newspaper that is one printed on paper? No, ma'am. <laughs> what is that? I don't remember. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Do you currently own or do you plan to own an electric car? Not completely electric, no. <laughs> I do own and drive an electric car. Okay, so yes. All right, we have made it through the lightning round, you guys. Good job. Let's give them a round of applause for surviving the lightning round. Okay, that brings us to the end of our Q&A segment, and we move now to closing statements. Each candidate will have a minute and a half for a closing statement, and then... 
Oh, okay, you guys, I'm getting a little um, pause from within. We actually have round eight here, so you guys get to question each other. You've probably been looking forward to that all night, right? <laughs> all right, so you're going to get a chance to answer the other one's question. So each of you will ask your opponent a question, and hopefully they will have an answer for you, and then we'll reverse it, the ballot order, and begin with Miss Whitney. Do you have a question? I do. And you have one minute to answer. Okay. You said previously that you you oppose Proposition 112, which increases setbacks and arguably will uh, eliminate a lot of jobs from the state of Colorado. Uh, the Democratic gubernatorial candidate, Jared Polis, opposes Proposition 112. Why do you, or, excuse me, um, yeah, he opposes 112, and you, you said earlier you support it. Why? Because I believe it's time to move forward. Uh, I have spent my career in a job field creating jobs for people who believe in energy that doesn't have to kill people. And so when we talk about why we want setbacks, it's because there's people who don't want to get blown up. And I believe that we can do what we, we have a lot of power as a state government to enable job training programs that will allow people to assume new jobs, jobs that don't affect their health and the f health of their family, and that won't leave a legacy of pollution and death. And so I think it's time to move forward. And I think if the voters choose to adopt that, that we as a legislature will have our work upon us, but we can do whatever it takes to make sure people are working in jobs that are good for them and good for us. All right, Mr. Valdez, now it is your turn to ask a question of Ms. Whitney. Okay. Um, so, Kate, um, you're a member of a party that is continually uh, stood in the way and tried to roll back women's right to uh, body agency. They have consistently um, stood in the way of immigrants' rights, and they have a president that has spoken out against the Latino population. How is it that you can represent a district that is a majority minority, a Latino, uh, has many immigrants from all over the world, and uh, has a majority of women who believe that their body is their own and they should make their own choices? How do you reconcile that with, with the demographic that you're running for? Well, if the question is how can I represent a majority of a district that's a, a district that's majority female, I would say I'm, I'm female, so perhaps I'm better suited to represent women than you are. Um, and I am not my party. I am Kate Whitby, and I am running for this seat, not my party. So I would appreciate it if you and if the voters would let me stand on my own two feet and... Um, elect either Mr. Valdez or me based on my positions. So um, ask me about what I think about those things, not what my party thinks. Um, All right. That brings us to the end of our Q&A segment. Your time was up. Apologize. So we move now to closing statements. Each candidate will have a minute and a half for a closing statement, and then we will reverse the order of the opening statements, which means we will begin with Miss Whitney. Kate, you have 90 seconds for your closing statement. Excellent. Thank you, Wendy. So as I was just saying, my name is Kate Whitney, and I'm excited to be here today. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, we were just listening to Mr. Valdez speak about how he opposes, or excuse me, he supports Proposition 112 because he has brought um, so many jobs to, to Denver, and he has a better way of doing things. But those, the better way doesn't even allow Mr. Valdez to um, 
have a, a, an ability to get a loan for himself, to live by himself. And I, I would suggest that actually the way that we're doing things um, already is probably worth maybe at least continuing to do for a bit longer. Um, I am not my, my party. I'm, I'm myself, and actually uh, I, I think women should have agency over their own bodies. Um, I think that everyone has a, a choice to choose how they live their own life, how they use their own body, what they do with their, themselves behind their own closed doors is their business, not the business of the government. Um, and so I would appreciate the opportunity to represent you in the state capitol. I am concerned about the things that matter most to folks in our district. Um, I think that we can work across the aisle, and what's really important here is electing a representative that will work with others to get things done. If you look at my track record, I have an ability to work with people from all different sides, different types of um, interests to come together to find common ground and to accomplish goals. So my name is Kate Whitney, and I will appreciate your vote on November 6th. Thank and you. And now a closing statement from Alex Valdez. My name is Alex Valdez, and I'm running for House District 5, and I am my party. I am a proud Democrat, because without the Democratic Party, I would not be standing here today. They fought for the rights of Latinos. They fought for the rights of the LGBTQ community, and I'm proud to stand here as a Democrat. We have a lot to work on, Denver, and it has to start now. We've seen what happens when we take chances electing people of the other party. And what happens is we end up losing. We roll backwards. We see our body and our freedom impinged upon. It's time to move forward on the things that we believe in, clean energy, affordable and accessible health care, affordable housing, public transportation that's affordable, remediating the pollution problems that exist in the northern part of our district, fixing the roads, fixing the schools, fixing the pay for the people in this district who are struggling to make it. It's time. The time is now and the person is me. I'm ready to fight for you. I'm ready to go to work, and I'm so excited to be your next representative, and I want to thank each and every one of you for the opportunity to stand here today. And I'm going to leave by asking you a favor, a favor of you, I should say. Go out and make sure five of your neighbors vote. If we don't vote, bad things happen. Look what's going on. Make sure your neighbors vote, make sure your family votes, and make sure they vote Democrat. I'm Alex Valdez. Thank you. All right, now it is our audience's turn to show a little appreciation for the candidates for their participation. Thank you to both of you. Thank you. We hope you at home have had a fair look at each candidate vying to represent you in the Colorado State House of Representatives from District 5. Our thanks also to the Denver Decides Partners, which include Interneighborhood Cooperation and the League of Women Voters of Denver, Denver Decides is presented by Denver 8 TV. Remember, the election is Tuesday, November 6th. Let your voice be heard. Make sure you're registered and make sure you vote. For complete election information online, go to denverdecides.com. I'm Wendy Brockman. Thanks for joining us.
ready? I just did this. And her face, man, she was like, she nearly ran the red light, man. It was so good. My parents.